Welcome to Timely, the podcast where three friends talk about random fun topics from the past, present, and future. Now, it's already sounding a little random and different because normally John Stom is the one who does the introduction, but John is currently joining us on the phone. Hey, guys. Hey. The reason for that is because we've had a little run-in with the COVID-19 bug, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So John is having to phone in. I actually had it, but have since been cleared. But John's not allowed to come out of his house yet, so John, I'm sorry. It's all right, you know, I better be safe and sorry. I actually am really thankful I've not felt any symptoms whatsoever. I feel totally fine. Unfortunately, my wife has gotten very sick, so I'm kind of staying here to take care of her and the kids and trying to get as much work done as I can from home, which, as everybody knows, is harder. So with that, let's go ahead and dive right into it. My name is producer Jeff McCullough. I am talking about the past today, and I'm going to be telling you about some of the most mind-boggling statistics and numbers from the past based in history. And I know numbers can be boring to some people, but I'm talking about questions like how many people died in the Revolutionary War? Stuff that we don't really think about, but numerically pretty mind-blowing. I'm John Thom, and for the present segment, we're going to be talking about the amazing, exciting things that are happening in our company and on our YouTube channel right now, and all the things that have kind of led up to it in the last couple of months, because we got to get you guys caught up. This is, it's been a, it's been a wild year. And currently, we are we are doing some really fun things. So, I'm just going to leave you with two words as a teaser. Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. And I am Danny Gula. And for the future, we're going to actually journey into the past. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Oh, I see what you did there. And talk about all the mm-hmm. awesome upcoming things that are coming out with Star Wars. Because we are all huge Star Wars uh, nerds. And we've never talked about Star Wars on this podcast. So, I apologize if you're not uh, a Star Wars nerd. But... Uh, if you are, you're in for a treat. I just like that we can talk about the future of Star Wars now because we always used to talk about Star Wars as this cool past thing, but it's got a fun future ahead of it. Yeah, and when it I was does. a kid, I was just always imagining what's going to happen all this stuff the first time whenever George Lucas talked about the prequels. I was like, oh no, more Star Wars, yay! So John's not going to be on the phone the entire time because like we said, we already recorded this podcast in the past, which is a good segue into us now going into the past. All right, guys, I teased this segment with the question, how many people died in the Revolutionary War? Mm, like, uh, we, we have in our mind this sort of picture of how vast, you know, certain battles were and things of that nature. Yeah, we've seen, like, Civil War movies and documentaries, and, like, you see these large groups of people that are all in the battlefield together, and it seems like a lot. I always imagined New York was, like, a population of 30 at that time, so I don't think it was that many. It was definitely smaller than we think it was, and I just, as I kind of was investigating this found other uh numbers and things from history that i'm like i would have thought it was different okay so let's just start with that one okay revolutionary war what what would your guess be how many let's just say american soldiers died in the revolutionary war i have no reference point for that like i couldn't tell you how many people died in world war ii to be honest i'm gonna take a wild guess and say one hundred and fifty thousand. okay if we are talking about just milit like battle deaths, yeah. killed in battle, okay. 6,800. What? What? Now That's here's it? the deal. Here's the deal. 
How many soldiers did the British even send to America to fight this war? If it's only 6,000 died, it's maybe like 12,000? Yeah, I was going to say 10. Okay, so they sent between twenty-five and 50,000 soldiers here, but both sides only lost, respectively, in battle, between six and 7,000 soldiers each. That's huh. not that many people, but again, the population of the nation was way smaller at that time. It, it was, but when you when you picture these blocks of soldiers like walking towards each other, which yeah. is how they fought back then, you picture like hundreds of thousands of men, right? Yeah. Well, think about it like this. The Civil War, more Americans died in the Civil War than all American war like combats combined. Wow. I mean, that makes sense only from the sheer fact that like both sides were American. Sure. So, so. 620,000 men died in the Holy Civil Moore. War. Okay. Um, 60,000 Americans died in Vietnam. And when it comes to World War II, we're getting, you know, pretty, pretty high up there into the tens to hundreds of thousands, right? But when it comes to the Revolutionary War, yes, it is, uh, it is a little bit of a misguidance to say that it was only 6,800 people died in battle because there were up to another... 55,000 that simply died of disease. Oh, so soldiers were just dropping left and right from like just wounds that weren't Or, or even like exposure and things of that. Yeah. Dysentery that makes sense. and all sorts of... So when it comes to the British, that means that there's like six to 10,000 British soldiers who are buried in America, That's which is a little bit weird. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Uh, but here's another thing to think about. The French suffered 2,100. Which is a lot in comparison That's, to the Yeah, United. you never really think about the French helping us out. Thank you, France, for that, yeah. I guess. Like, yeah. You had your own people die for us. So as I was investigating this, I was thinking of like, what other questions do I have around that era? Let me ask you this question. When you picture the guys signing the Declaration of Independence, how old are they in your mind? Oh, they're oh, old. Old, like I'm, 60s. Yeah, the powdered wigs and everything. 65. I would say at least 50. Thomas Jefferson was 33. No! He was your age, pretty much. He was a little younger than you guys. He was younger than me? TJ? Oh, young TJ? John Hancock was 39 when he wrote his John Hancock. What? George Washington, 44. The average age of the signers of the Declaration of Independence were only 44 years old. Huh. One of the older dudes was was Benjamin Franklin. he was old. He was very old. He was in his 80s, right? He was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so... I'm just going to give you other weird numbers now, okay? We're just going to we're going to skip through history. Here we go. Um South America was conquered by 180 men. What? There were 180 conquistadors with 37 horses which Native Americans had never seen before. Right. The I Spanish, mean, that would freak you out. The Spanish brought horses to America. So we always picture Native Americans riding horses. The Spanish brought the horses. Yeah. Um, and it is believed that these 180 men intimidated and defeated up to 10 million South American Native Americans. Wow. wow. Well, that well, makes sense when you think about disease again. Yeah, disease. There was a whole disease campaign. Like that's That was like the first... Uh, what do they call that? Biological, uh, biological warfare. warfare. Yeah, that's the first biological warfare, the, the blanket thing. Ugh. Here's another one for you. I'm going to make this kind of trivia now. In Italy, in 1861, this is a totally random number for you guys, but what percentage of people in Italy spoke Italian in 1861? Oh, none, right? You don't think so? I don't know. When did Italian get invented? They, there was like a, <laughs> there was a there was a Roman language for a while there. Was Latin? that Italian? Latin? Latin? Yeah, sorry. I'm just, I don't, I'm not a language guy. It was not invented then, but only 2.5% of people spoke Italian in Italy in 1861. What it, was, this? it was a language that had like disappeared. It was only a written language or an expressive language. Italian was? Uh-huh. It was, wow. They mainly spoke French. Huh. Did France, had France conquered Italy? Is that why? Evidently at some point, yeah. Wow. 
So they, they also spoke a few other languages because it was French with Austrian and just that whole area. What year? 1861. But it has since been resurrected and it is now the primary language in Italy. What did, well, they, what did they call spaghetti? <laughs> spaghetti. <laughs> That's the French way to say spaghetti. Well, that kind of makes sense when you think about like... Uh, every time you go to like an Italian neighborhood, Italian culture, there's this rich culture that there's a lot of pride that they, they they had to keep that alive while being basically ruled. You could see that kind of build up. That's really interesting. This is one that, that people have talked about quite a bit. Just I've seen a, a lot of like memes and things like this on the internet. Yeah. <clears throat> According to historians, Cleopatra, born around the year 69 BC and died around 30 BC, the Great Pyramids were built around 2500 BC. So this means that Cleopatra lived closer to the invention of the iPhone than she did to the building of the pyramids. What? Oh, that's that's so wild. Like that just shows you how slowly time progressed and moved back then. I mean, the culture, well, I guess from my perspective it yeah. seemed like Cleopatra and the ancient Egyptians were in the same kind of culture. I'm sure it was different. But Technology wasn't much different. It feels like we're moving so fast now where every day is an explosion of something new and different. And like the last 10 years have been so different than the last hundred years. It's also really impressive to speak to the Egyptian like rule that they were able to hang on to that culture for that long. Oh man, the Egyptians, they ruled for a long time and the Great Pyramids were in one of the earliest eras of the kingdom. It's wow. so fascinating to me how long that area of the world was like the hub of culture and technology and then you know how that shifts over time. Mm. Yeah. Can I throw one at you? Yeah. I read this one not too long ago and it blew my mind. Sometime around the year 2004 to yeah. 2006 we were playing this game Grand Theft Auto Vice City which is it takes place in the 80s. So and that was one of my favorite parts of the game is the radio that you could listen yeah. to while you're driving or all these yeah, cool yeah. 80s songs. The whole game is themed like the 80s. Did you know that it has, it has been longer since we were playing that game than it was from when that game took place to when it was supposed to be taking That's place? That's ridiculous. So it, that game is closer to the 80s than it is to now. I don't like it. No. Nope, nope, I don't no. like feeling that old, John. I don't either. Okay, a few more here. Just amazing numbers. <clears throat> Alaska was purchased in 1867, I believe. Okay. A sword's folly. Okay, that's what it's called. Do you guys know about this? A sword's folly? No, Seward. He's a the Seward. one that purchased it okay. Okay. for America. Seward's folly. Yes, Seward's folly. He bought Alaska from Russia for $7.2 million. Now, add inflation, that really is still in today's currency only $125 million. And now put this in your pipe for comparison. The Los Angeles Rams just built a stadium in... I think it's Anaheim or in LA somewhere yeah, yeah. for five billion dollars. One stadium for five billion dollars. And today's money, we bought Alaska for only one hundred and twenty-five million. So why was it his folly? That was because a- they thought that it was an uh, just an ice cap of uh, no man's land that no one uh, would ever want to go to. Turns yeah. out it was a great deal. Well, they found gold there afterwards, yeah, and gold. they found oil there in the yeah. Yukon, right? Yeah, man, it's amazing, amazing deal. All right, here's one that just is is like, yeah, I guess that makes sense, but you never think about it this way. Do you know that the oldest person on Earth is always the only person living with an entire new population? What? The oldest person on Earth is the only person living with an entirely new population. So in other words, there's no one that when they were born was already still living. There's nobody older than them. So the second oldest person can't claim that. 
because the oldest person in the world was alive when they were born. True. Wow. That's a weird numbers thing. That is Uh a weird, that's a weird thing to think about. Here's, here's my last one. And this isn't so much in the past, but it plays with time a little bit. One of my favorite things that I ever learned in science was how, when you go outside and you look up at the stars, you're looking back in time because one of the closest stars to us is seven light years away. So you're looking at light emitted seven years ago, right? right? Did you know that this applies to the sun and to the moon? Yeah, I did. So the moon is 1.3 light seconds from earth, which means you are never looking at the moon in real time. You're always looking at the moon from about a second and a half ago. Right. How how far away is the sun? The sun is eight light minutes from earth. So when you watch the sun set, you're actually looking at the sun from eight minutes earlier. Right. Right, that's that's mind blowing, and, and it's, it's crazy because it's just super wild because it seems like light goes light goes so fast. It, it goes really light does. speed. I mean, we have a name for it. It's light. It's the fastest thing we can, you know, quantify. But it's still slow enough to measure. <laughs> like yeah. it doesn't. It's not instant. Yeah, that's right. Here's here's the weird thought about that. Should the sun ever go supernova and blow up on us? Which it will in about 4.5 billion years, right? Uh, it by the time we see it happen, we'll already be dead. It's eight second or it's eight minutes away. It happened eight minutes ago. Oh, that's true. <laughs> like, oh no! Well, the thing is about a supernova is it doesn't happen instantly anyway. Right. We'll yeah, actually we'll, we'll, gobbled yeah, up by the growing supernova before right. it actually explodes. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but before we get gobbled up by a supernova, <laughs> let's get gobbled up by all of the awesome, fun things happening with our company right now in the present. Welcome to the present. John, why don't you tell everybody everything that is happening with our company and our YouTube channel right now? Yes, we are at a cool moment right now, but it has been quite a journey to get here. Yeah, everybody saw us in the last episode, the finale episode of Hidden in Plain Sight, where we, at the very end, spoiler alert, we brought Jamie into the room and we said, hey, um, you're in our hometown, you're in our studio, our new studio, because we're leaving VAT-19. And after that, we had to go back and clean out our desks, and it's this really surreal experience, you know? It's, oh, man, yeah. You're saying goodbye to everybody, and it's in the middle of a pandemic, so everybody's got masks on that's there, and you're, you're kind of feeling separated, and you're taking down pictures of your family and filling Boxing up, up boxes, everything, yeah. yeah. It, so I haven't, I, I haven't seen a lot of people, I know a lot of people have quit places, you know, like BuzzFeed and stuff like that. Yeah. Do they usually quit on YouTube? Is that a thing? <laughs> that's usually not a thing, no. They usually make the video why we left BuzzFeed, that's usually after they Right, left. so like you guys we might shot have a video. special place yeah. in YouTube being that you quit we and quit documented YouTube, yeah. this as it was happening. So we're, we're also, you know, we're, we're a mix of emotions. We've got like this kind of sad about leaving, but also really excited. And so that night, we got our families together and we, we toasted, we celebrated because this is the beginning of a, a journey that I mean, it's kind of unpredictable and, and wild, but yeah. it was kind of a celebration of like what you guys had accomplished up to that point, because if it were not for those accomplishments, then you have nothing to stand on. And your time at VAT-19, as we've talked about, was amazing. So it's like the celebration of like what was and this excitement about what is to come, what out. is about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So it, right in the middle of all that, we're launching Randomonium and we're just kind of getting off the ground and you know, thankfully we had put some time into Randomonium to figure out what we wanted that brand to be, what we wanted this channel to look like. And the thing that we really didn't get that was going to be a thing was in the background, our sponsor really needed the 40 videos we said we would make for them really fast. That sponsor is FAO Schwartz. So we're not talking about like 
you know, just some some run of the mill ad read. Bob's toys. Bob's toys. You know, like, sponsorship. We're talking about one of the most legendary toy stores ever S- since the 1800s. FAO Schwartz. Like, it, it's a dream come true to work with them. They're not even. I wouldn't say they're a sponsor. They're more of our partner. They're a yeah. launch partner. And so and we. Here's the thing with that though. So you've got legendary toy store. You've got you guys who have been making videos at Bat 19 for years. years. And and we, even though we have the sponsor, we kind of still have something to prove. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was and like the most like, it was like the most extreme first date. Yeah, exactly. They had these 40 <laughs> videos in two weeks. It was like oh my God. first date. Yes. It was like yep. speed dating with one person. That's right. <laughs> We're launching Randomonium and we have this huge project right at the same time. We have to make 40 commercials, 40 short ads for FAO Schwartz in two weeks. And We've made a whole video about that, so you can watch that video after this one. But what we haven't told you guys, despite the fact that it was busy and, and, and nuts, um, we pulled it off, spoilers. Um, but the reason we had that deadline, the reason we, we had to make all those videos in two weeks was because they were going on Target's website. And so ultimately, Target needed them fast, and we had to make it work because we had already quit our jobs. So when we're making these 40 videos in two weeks and we're shooting this video, it was not fake when we were like, can we do this? Like, that was not fake. In fact, FAO was kind of wondering, like, can you guys do this? They hadn't really seen anything we'd done for them. And we were kind of like, yeah, we can do this. Oh, yeah. Can we do this? Can we do this? We can do this. We can do this. We had to. (laughs) We had to. We pulled it off, and we made... 40 fun little commercials about their cool products. And right now, if you go onto Target's website or open up the Target app, you'll find um, in the, the section with all the FAO Schwartz toys, you can watch all of the videos that we made, which is it's so mind-blowing that just in a couple months, um, right, after, right when we're launching this new channel, we're already making videos that are going on Target's website. It's just, yeah. Target's a huge brand and it's a dream to work with them. And and FAO Schwartz, and we're making these really fun videos. So the first date went pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it went really well. Everyone was really happy and that led us to our next opportunity. Little did we know, we're one step closer to working with Jimmy Fallon. And not yet. Not yet, not yet, not yet. But the next opportunity was amazing. It was super cool. So FAO Schwartz and Target have this really cool partnership and they asked us to make a commercial announcing this partnership. So in just a really quick amount of time, like a week, we had to come up with this whole plan. We were storyboarding and we were drawing out ideas for this 30 second short commercial that we wanted to make. And so we're, next thing you know, we're flying to New York and then uh, maybe... There's a whole another video about this. You can you see, can watch that one. You can later. see the drama. Yeah, but there was a little bit of drama there, and we had to go to Minneapolis, and we're shooting inside a Target in the middle of the night, and mm-hmm. it was wild. But we ended up with this really cool commercial that we're really proud of. Pulled it off in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, and it actually was uh, such a great commercial that it got ran other places and went on Hulu and was seen by millions of people. And we were getting text messages from people like, I was just watching Hulu and saw you you in a Target commercial. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And that went really well and everybody loved that. And that led to the next opportunity. Well, not to keep getting all romantic here, but... This is like we're we're actually falling in love with this brand now too. Like yeah. the, on, on the, the second date. Yeah, yeah second like date. The creative freedom that was given to us to put together this commercials with portals and sneaking around targets and all this other stuff and we're really we're we're getting it and yeah. they're getting it. Yeah. Things yeah. are moving in a good direction. That's right. Yeah. We're getting we're getting closer to where we're ending up this year which was really really cool. So then the next opportunity came which was from Target who asked us to make 
kind of a longer form video, which we've yeah. not actually shared anywhere. Yeah, nobody knows about this. That's right. Yeah, so, it's just kind of an internal video uh, to share within Target employees, uh, really getting ready for the holiday season, talking about all their top toys uh, that were going to be the new hot toys for the holiday season. Yes, yeah, so we had flown back out to New York again in like a week turnaround, came up with this really cool concept with like a, kind of like a Disney world, like you're flying through FAO Schwartz and we're unveiling these cool toys from Target and the, the lights are coming up and the, the camera's flying through and you're seeing the cool magical store. It's very theatrical. Yeah, very, we, yeah. we kind of designed it too to feel like you're going through those boats in Disney World and seeing the lights turn on with the animatronics if you're seeing the presidents or because you guys were working with characters too you yeah. weren't just like shooting it was more than just the set you're working with characters it's very theatrical but the two of you were doing this by yourself because I couldn't make that trip that's right so I'm back in the studio while you guys are shooting all these characters like 12 different segments yeah we're 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 in new york shooting footage and then turning right around and uploading footage to jeff who's you know halfway across the country and he's trying to put together the edit we have to turn this around really really fast yeah and it's 20 minutes long i don't know if we mentioned that yeah it's 20 minutes long which is longer than what we usually do also longer than what we usually do in such a short amount of time and and they have to like it it's not like we can go back and do reshoots so we've got to stick this that's right so we get back you guys get back you're tired edit it tired is an understatement yeah you guys were just burnt i was physically exhausted yeah. mentally drained like it takes people always look at what you do when you make videos and they say things like oh you're having fun but it's draining so we haven't even turned this video in yet and we get an email the day that you guys get back that says guys we know you are just now getting home but we have this other amazing opportunity for you to work with none other than jimmy fallon yeah, and Jimmy Fallon had this book out. Uh, he had just written this awesome uh, children's book for Christmas time, and he partnered with FAO Schwartz for every book bought at FAO. You were able to uh, help them donate a toy to St. Jude's Hospital, which is awesome, and we loved that idea. Yeah. We're processing this information while we're finishing this video for Target, while we're planning this trip to go back to all nerves aside, work with the guy, Jimmy Fallon. Meanwhile, yeah. we're trying to run a YouTube channel in the background. Oh yeah, that too. So sometimes <laughs> we missed a release and we're sorry about that. It's really cool because Evo Schwartz is this toy store that's in Rockefeller Plaza. And so Jimmy Fallon just, he's right upstairs. Shooting the Tonight Show. I mean, yeah. So every time we're there, we're like, man, we are in this led, this iconic place. We're just surrounded by the Today Show and the, the Christmas tree and the ice skating rink and everything is right there. So we go back to New York and we've got this plan. We've got, um, you know, we've got cameras in our hands. We're ready. We've been. Jeff's finally with us. <laughs> and can I just say, too, there was something else going on at that point, too, where we're like, this is this is now really working out so amazingly with FAO Schwartz that they are putting this confidence in us to work with this amazing opportunity with Jimmy Fallon. So as stressful as it can be, it's awesome. It's a it's a really positive relationship. So I'm trying to remember that day when we're like just prepping. We've got all our gear. We're setting it up. We're anticipating this shoot. We're only going to have an hour and a half with him. And things did not go exactly as planned. Things were changing at the last minute. On the fly, we're having to set up live streams and shoot in this location versus that location. And we only have this amount of time with Jimmy. And it, it's, you know, the the amount of constraints and challenges, um, they're not just creative. They're also logistical. Oh, we couldn't shut down the store either. So we had to do this all while the store was open. Yeah. There's even a moment where I remember right before we were about to do this, it's the, it's the afternoon, Jimmy's coming down in a couple hours, we weren't even sure if this was going to happen. 
Yeah. It's it, the deadlines and the schedules have to be that that tight. Right. Yeah. So we got to work setting up this little section, this little set in FAO Schwartz where Jimmy would be sitting on this red chair, yeah. surrounded by plush. Story time. He's going to read his his new book to the camera. And, um, you know, that's going to be used by all kinds of news outlets and stuff. So, Which is perfect because it's a pandemic and you can't really have a crowd around him to read the story to. So surrounded by all these plush animals, it just feels right. Yeah. It's just funny too, though, because it's like we're setting up this like very cozy like environment that's going to be like quiet story time with Jimmy. So we're like in our minds conceptualizing, okay, this is what it's going to be like. And yet we're like still freaking out, like buzzing around, plugging stuff, checking batteries. You're doing this, you're doing that. So you've got like this frenzied activity and then we're waiting for him to come. And I remember where I was. I was actually sitting in the chair, I think. I was doing something with the audio. Yeah. And, you know, you get that that kind of, that whisper. It's like, right. oh, he's here. Right. He's yeah. here. Everybody gets quiet. Like, what? Huh? Yeah. Jimmy walks in and, you know, we, we're trying to play it cool. We're trying to play it cool yeah, a little it's bit. It's like we've been here yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. Internally, we're kind of like, oh, this is really cool. That's, that's him. Yeah. And, you know, we just have some small talk. And honestly, like right off the bat, they say don't meet your heroes because yeah. they're not going to live up to your expectations or whatever the phrase is. But honestly, the guy is exactly the same off camera so nice. as yeah. he is on camera. He's he's a really awesome guy, and uh, I I think yeah that moment when I when I had to first walk up to him and mic him, and I'm like super nervous because it's pandemic and this is like this is Jimmy Fallon, America. Everybody knows him. I don't want to like ruffle any feathers, so I'm like, right. is, would it be okay if I put a mic on you, Mr. Fallon? And he's like, yeah, 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 man, go ahead. And then I'm like trying to do stuff. He's like, look, we can just clip it. It's fine. He's like, okay, thank you. So and much. while he, while you're doing that, he's like doing Jerry Seinfeld impressions and like totally cool, like just yeah. being goofy. He, he just got done interviewing Jerry Seinfeld. Right. right upstairs on The Tonight Show. He walks down and then now he's doing our show, which is just, it's yeah, just yeah. so surreal. And so we, we give him some direction. We have him sit in the chair. We tell him what to do. We talk him through it. So I'm running audio. You're running a camera. You're in a toy soldier costume. Behind a camera. Behind a camera. And we're also, we're having to coordinate because there were different elements to the shoot. We got him reading a store. We got him doing an interview. We got him talking to some kids via uh, like pre-recorded Zoom call type of thing. Yep. And we're in our minds getting ready to set up this very intense short period of time where he's running through the store so we've got all these things that we're trying to coordinate yeah again while danny's in a toy soldier costume you you got a glossed over that section too because (laughs) like that's really funny because like i'm directing the video or i'm filming the video i'm doing my role what i normally do but i'm just in this costume and he just is rolling with it because maybe people do this well honestly this speaks to our nature as youtubers because we're able to to fit into multiple roles and do them simultaneously. So to toot our own horns a little bit, it's like we can be characters and actors. We're also directors and producers. Camera and guys. Camera yeah, guys. We're doing it. all of it. And so um, that was kind of exciting to do that. Uh, it's almost like the Super Bowl for what we like. Everything we've done before has been rehearsal for like this was the yeah. this was the big show. We're doing it for a guy who does this on a much bigger level. And, yeah. and the fact that we didn't screw it up yeah. is pretty awesome. And, and the final thing that we had to shoot Really, it felt like a grand finale. Yeah. Because, like, Jimmy had to come in from outside, and it was a little cold and windy out there. Had to have this, like, quick dialogue exchange with Danny. Yeah. And then we are running through the store. Just literally running. Jimmy and Danny... With John running after him with the camera. And I'm and nervous as all get out because I, I, I got to be in a video with Jimmy Fallon. I have zero acting training 
whatsoever. The only acting I've ever done is at Bat 19. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to have to do, I'm just going to improvise stuff because we have no script with Jimmy Fallon. Luckily, he's a complete pro and I just kind of followed his lead the whole time. We're a little extra pale that night. <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> I, it was a little this is a surreal experience. And then, you know, Jimmy Fallon calls you stiff on camera and it was, it was uh, stiff I don't, rigid. I don't think uh, that, that haunts me to this day. He was just <laughs> doing a bit. He wasn't. It, yeah, it was a bit, but it was. Did Jimmy hurt your feelings? No. Did I don't he? think so. Yeah. Okay. We'll I, can, I can take it. <laughs> but it was just, it was this awesome experience. We got to have, um, our wives were there. And so they're you know, helping us with the lighting. And my wife's getting some behind the scenes footage. Um, we're running around the store. And again, I just had to pinch myself because I'm looking at this camera that I've looked at so many times. Uh, the camera that's shooting right here. This, yeah. this camera. I'm holding it in my hands. You're used to seeing me on the other end. <laughs> I'm used to seeing these guys. And we're making videos here in, in St. Louis. And we're, you know, making YouTube videos. And suddenly... Jimmy Fallon is through the lens of this camera and I'm saying action Jimmy and we run through FAO Schwartz and we're I mean it's just so surreal it was such a fun experience I had a moment it was when I first saw him where my brain freaked out for a second because it was like like what is happening uh -huh. he's not on a TV he's not on a screen right now why are is he here in person what is he's, going on he's three dimensional it took me a minute to be like that is actually him mm -hmm. and it's gonna be okay yeah. yeah and to be fair like I we've met celebrities before we've we've crossed paths with some pretty famous people before and in fact in fact that day that we, morning or yeah. the night before we ran into Queen Latifah in yeah Times in Square. Times Square yeah we like we're three <laughs> feet six feet away from Queen Latifah and we just said hi hey, yeah and she was really nice like hey what's up but for some reason, uh, I mean, that's it's great to me. She was super cool too. But working with somebody, creatively making something, yeah, together with and, Jimmy Fallon, who is, and can I can I talk about my my personal favorite part of the whole thing? This yeah. just yeah. goes to show how nice of a guy he was. So we've done all this. He's been shooting all day. Not only did he shoot his show, he also had to shoot part of his Thanksgiving deal. He so he'd been there double all shows. Day. He comes downstairs. He's doing multiple things with us, right? He's probably tired. Wants to go home to his family. At the very end, I'm like, hey, Jimmy, could you do me a favor? And see, this was his response. He was like, sure. Yeah, he didn't even wait to find out what it was. Yeah, and I'm like, today's my daughter's 12th birthday. Could I just get a selfie video of you wishing her happy birthday? He's like, yeah, of course. So I turn it on. And I do my thing, hey, you know, I'm talking to Alexis. And he, like, flipped a switch, jumped into the camera, was like, happy birthday, Alexis, it's going to be the best year ever. And it was, like, so oh much God, energy. Just, just a nice guy. It's great. It was great. It was amazing. It wasn't just like, hey, happy birthday, your dad's awesome. It was, like, he put his all into that. Yeah. And the fact that he agreed to it without it just, like, goes to show the character. And it was so much fun and such an awesome experience. So you guys remember when we finished the shoot, mm -hmm. the... The, le the adrenaline drain. Yeah. Like we yeah. were kind of on a high. I don't remember packing anything. It all got home. It's a but blur. I, I don't remember putting anything in cases. Total blur. Yeah, it's total blur. But I, I just want you to think of that moment, that kind of surreal moment where like basically dream come true moment. Yeah. I want you to rewind now back to John's back deck. When all of this kind of started, we, we didn't even know what we were cheersing to. That's right. Yeah. It was this weird mix of emotions where we're like celebrating, but we're also kind of like, man, this has been a challenging year. Um, it kind of feels like that right now. Yeah, yeah it does. It's kind of how we are right now. Like we are looking forward to 2021. We've got amazing opportunities ahead of us and yeah. we don't even know. Yeah, where our, it's going to our relationship is growing with FAO Schwartz. It's, you know, we're past the dating stage now, I'd say. Yeah. This metaphor has really... It's really we've stuck with it, guys. We've yeah. we've we've gone with it. <laughs> we we like each other a lot. Yeah, yeah. But we do have two big announcements that we yes. want to share with you yes. about what's coming up with Randomonium in 2021. 
Uh, and before we talk about those, just don't don't forget this channel is gonna keep existing, and we're gonna keep making awesome content, and we're committing to all of the wild ideas and fun stuff that we've promised. This is a perfect time to say if you haven't subscribed, subscribe. We've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. We do. We've got uh, we've got our video schedule, our production schedule lined out for the next couple months, and we've got some really cool, exciting stuff that we're working on. And the way we're going to be able to do that is we're finally getting help. We're hiring an editor, and we're not gonna share who that is just quite yet. It's a surprise. But we're really excited for you to meet her. It's a big step for our company to not only be hiring somebody um, so quickly after launching our company, but also we're really excited that it's a female, a yeah. female editor. Yeah, so yeah. We're, we're really excited to bring some different perspectives into uh, this group of, of dudes. So. Yeah. And that's going to help us make all the awesome content on Randomonium. It also... Uh, we have decided to launch second announcement. There, there you go. Yeah. We've also decided to launch a second channel. That's right. Which is for the podcast, which is kind of what we're doing here. We love the podcast and it's one of our favorite things to do. We're really excited to start shooting it in a video format and put clips on this brand new channel. So if you haven't seen it already, we're announcing it. We're launching it now. Go subscribe to Timely on YouTube. And if you want to listen to the full episodes, you can find them on your favorite podcast platform. So the journey continues. We're excited about this coming year. And we're excited about what's ahead. Hey. Speaking of what's ahead, let's go to the future. Okay, guys, so Star Wars, it's a thing that we all absolutely love. I'm obsessed with The Mandalorian right now. It's a good show. Well, it's not currently on, but... Yeah, I mean, you can still be obsessed with it. I'm going to watch it a couple more times, I yeah. think. Uh, I won't spoil what happens in there necessarily, but I did want to talk about Disney Plus's new announcement because we've talked a little bit about this on our own, but we've never talked about Star Wars on the podcast, which... I don't know why we love it. And so much is happening right now, so I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on all of the new uh, announcements that they made and all the new series. Before you give us the announcements and the news, can I just say, yep. John Favreau, David Filoni, have done for Star Wars what Star Wars fans have been waiting for for, for decades. They have been nailing it. Yeah, so uh, good. It, it is in the best of hands. Absolutely. Filoni is... Uh, uh, he just he, he's George Lucas he gets Star Wars I feel like more than George Lucas yeah. even and he's, I think I don't know if George Lucas would say that but well he's a protege of George Lucas. yeah I mean they really they, they click he's like his padwan so he's such a nerd Disney announced nine new Star Wars shows guys nine shows and I'm really pumped about a few of them I don't know which one you guys are your favorite my, my favorite one that I'm looking forward to is Obi-Wan Kenobi Absolutely. Ewan McGregor's uh, depiction of Obi-Wan is probably my favorite of all Jedis up until this season of Mandalorian, which I'm not going to spoil anything if you haven't seen it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Ewan McGregor's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Is the Obi-Wan, this is going to be a series. Is it like a mini series or is it going to be yeah. like Mandalorian style, like 10 episodes? So it, they call it a uh, limited series, I think okay. is, is the word. It's just going to be like, it's going to be a series, but it's just like one run. See that? Okay. I want to probably say this in a hundred different times in, in, in the future, but like I have stuck to this um, belief that I developed a little while ago that I think series are better than movies. Yeah, absolutely. It's a better way to tell a story in a way that's more drawn out 
and slow. You can take your time. You can develop characters. You can you can have these arcs that come and go over multiple seasons and years. I mean, you look at any any of the new series. I mean, we say all the time that we're in the golden age of TV. Yeah. Um, the Mandalorian, for example, you have things happening in certain episodes that you don't really get resolution to until multiple episodes later, and you could never do that in a movie where you have to crunch an entire story into two hours. I don't yeah. really have an appetite for movies as much anymore because I'm like, well, what what can they really tell me in an hour and a half to two hours? Like, yeah. I'd rather watch a series. Yeah. Well, the cool thing about that series is it's set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, which is a huge gap. I mean, when you see uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi in A New Hope, he's this quirky old hermit that lives in a cave. Yeah. Like, he doesn't look cool. Yeah, and so what happened between Revenge of the Sith to that that caused that story? There's, you know, some people talk about there's you know, little gaps and maybe mistakes that they've have, they have to retcon and all this stuff, but it's going to answer some questions and uh, people have got some pretty cool theories as to what's going on. But one of the coolest announcements I think is they got Hayden Christensen back as Darth Vader. And I know he gets a lot of flack, but I think that's a good move. I think this is his chance to even as a more experienced actor, bring more to the role that can make it awesome. Here's why I'm, I'm kind of, I'm giving this uh, an optimistic, a cautiously optimistic thumbs up. One, um, look at uh, Heath Ledger, who we all thought back in the days of what 10 Things I Hate About You was right. just this kind a of knight's tale. cheesy, yeah. like, yeah, rom com actor. Yep. And then he pulled off the Joker really well. Two, I just saw Tenet, mm. which mm. we were just talking about a few minutes ago. You guys haven't seen it yet, but you know who's in that? Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who I thought was just like that He's a guy, guy, Twilight guy. guy from Twilight. Yeah. Like, what is he? Man, he's a really good actor. He's an excellent actor. So. So, and then, so going back into the, some of the other announcements, there's two shows I'll mention at the same time because they actually happen in the Mandalorian timeline, uh, which is a show called, well, they're just calling it Ahsoka right now, which oh, is character from the cartoons, which is fan favorite. And then Rangers of the New Republic, which I don't really get what that is, but I really hope it's about like the X-Wing pilots that I are like it going around. That's such a cool position. Isn't that going to be about like park rangers like in the New Republic? Like <laughs> Maybe. Guys that walk around the forest and like make sure that like the, the yeah, deer are being... It's a sequel to Parks and Rec. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Parks, yeah, Parks and Rec of the New Republic. Can, okay. can, can I just say, Rosario Dawson, in my opinion, I cannot get over how perfectly she personifies... Ahsoka, yeah. amazingly. And now not everything is going to be live action. Uh, there's another series they've announced called The Bad Batch, and none of us have really gotten too much into the animated Star Wars yet. I've just started to get into it now so I can kind of learn a little bit of the backstory of some things. And it is really cool. The Bad Batch is about a couple of clones, a few clones that have like abnormalities that have caused them to be like awesome soldiers. So is I thought The Bad Batch was going to be animated. Is it going to be live action? No, it's going to be animated. So okay. yeah, it's not all animated. That okay. one's going to be... Uh, an actual animated thing, and it's going to focus around these clone commandos. They call them Clone Force 99, and they're tr they say they're designated unique mutations that makes them extremely skilled and excellent, excellent soldiers, which is a cool concept yeah, because, like, the idea of the clones is like they were all just like meant to be the same soldier, but then there's these this batch that had problems that actually made them awesome. I can see some good themes coming out of that. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, this one, there's not really much going on about. We don't know. It's called A Droid Story. And that's an interesting thing because that story thing is what they've used for some of the side t uh, movies in Star Wars. And so we don't really know too much about that other than C-3PO and R2-D2 are going to be yeah. involved. Right, right. I did I did hear about that one, which kind of makes sense that it's a something story because it's kind of giving fringe information around the original trilogy. Yeah, and that's a unique set of characters because uh, R2-D2... And so I know I know I'm, I'm coming off as like the biggest nerd here because I do know a you lot are. about the it's nerd okay. things. We all are. I get really hyper focused and we'll just read Wikipedia all day. 
Um, yeah, I know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but um, R2-D2 never had his memory wiped in the whole thing. That's why he's so unique. Like, he, like uh, C-3PO was reprogrammed and, and had his memory wiped, so he doesn't remember everything that happened in the past or even the whole story. But R2-D2, at the end of everything, remembers the entire tale. So, so really, maybe it should be... Star Wars should be called R2-D2 story. It's this. It's the R2-D2 saga, not the Skywalker right. saga. Yeah. Yeah. It's the R2-D2 saga. And he is one of the coolest characters. I think everybody so. gets excited when he shows up on screen. Yeah, who doesn't smile when they say R2-D2? And I gotta say, if the thing I'm looking forward to the most is Obi-Wan Kenobi, this is the thing I'm looking forward to the second most. Because it's a spin-off series based off of my favorite movie, Rogue One, called Andor. It stars uh, Diego Luna as Cassian, the mm-hmm. like the uh, the guy who was like the main male lead in that movie. Yeah, when when you pick up with him at the beginning of Rogue One, you get this this impression like this guy's seen some things. He's been somewhere. Like there's something about him that's not just like some random dude that they're picking up to bring into the story. Like yeah. there's a backstory there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another s- series called Visions, we're we're not really know much about it, but it's they say it's celebrating the Star Wars universe. I don't know what you guys think about like Visions. I'm thinking it's probably I don't know, maybe something about people seeing the past, future. Mm. Maybe it's like an alternate universe thing. I don't know. Mm. If you think about like the idea of something being canon, like these are the stories of, you know, this is how it goes and there's no other way. I mean, I think there's something really cool about having alternate versions of stories and, and different character timelines and like twists that like maybe one generation sees it this way and another generation sees it another way. If you think about like that's how songs are passed down. There's like slightly different ways to sing things. And like I remember um, I'm just kind of this is a weird like connection here, but like my grandpa used to sing this song when I was a kid. And so I always had this certain lyrics in my head. Mm-hmm. It was like this old camp song that he learned when he was in Cub Scouts or was whatever. It the sausage one? Yeah. So it was this really weird song. But then, so later when I grew up, I was like, I'm going to Google this. Is this a thing? Like, And yeah. so I Googled it. And there's versions that are really, really close from people from, mm-hmm. you know, other Boy Scout troops in the country. And they learned a slightly different version yeah. of it. It's a different melody, different l- lyrics. But it's cool because it's basically the same song. Yeah. Um, but it tells the same story, same general story of the same character. But it's just from a different, you know, slightly different wording. So I think that's the same thing with, with any kind of story. Like, we shouldn't be so, um, I don't know, stone cold about, like, canon that we can't ever look at uh, a story of R2-D2 or, or Obi-Wan Kenobi in a slightly different way. Well, right. the thing that I like about what Disney Plus is doing with the Star Wars franchise is I, I got this impression with the sequel trilogy, like they're forcing us to move on. Mm-hmm. And the problem is like, we don't want to move on. Like we love Star Wars, the original Star Wars. And mm-hmm. even the prequels are starting to gain a little bit more favor, right? It's like, stop forcing us to move on. Right. So they're like, okay, you don't have to move on. Now Disney Plus is like, we're going to give you a ton of of side stories and spinoffs from the time period, give or take a little bit, of where we love Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And yeah. I think after the success of the uh, MCU, there's a lot more uh, like there's a lot more slack given to trying to do sci-fi or or any kind of fantastic thing because people have been like, oh, this stuff is hitting. If you do it well, it's fine. And I think because it's not in the real universe. It gives us unique storytelling opportunities, which is a, that, which is why I'm glad people are kind of accepting it because you know, you know, and I kind of got into Star Wars a little later in life, but um, like you'd always hear these guys who were super into it. We would all call nerds, but they're just like, no, there's so much good stuff. Like these grown men who love these cartoons are like, there's great story, and because of those cartoon stories, that's why we have the Mandalorian. There's two other things that I wonder about with all of these expanded series. The first one is this: if David Filoni 
and Jon Favreau are not overseeing all of these. This is a lot of shows. Can they all be awesome? They're overseeing several things. I know, but like the chances of some of these not being great, it's almost like, wow, this is a very ambitious. It's not like they're just spinning off like four or five shows. It's like, is it 11 you said it was? Uh, It's nine. Nine Nine, new series. Still, that's a lot. There's also some movies coming out too, but I I think they're doing the right thing because let me tell you about this other one. It's called The Acolyte, and we don't really know much about it, but it's going to be a mystery thriller live action series from the creator of Russian Doll. Have you guys watched Russian Doll? I've seen segments. It's really good, and it's done really well. Um, and it's going to focus on the emergence of dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. So it's way in the past of Star Wars, like never been touched in movies. It's going to be a live action series. And, you know, I think they're going about it just like, hey, we're going to take these different stories in different ways. Rogue One was a war movie. It didn't sure. come off. It was a war movie set in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Um, and then I think they're going to do a great job because some of the things were great. Like the last one I'll talk about is a new series called Lando which is a popular character obviously seen in Empire Strikes Back first time, played by Billy D. Williams. But Donald Glover killed it in Solo. And is it's he coming the, back? And it's one of the most underrated... Uh, it's one of the most underrated movies in the Star Wars universe. I sure, think. it's really great, but we don't know what's going to happen. Not much is said about it, except it's going to be an event series. So that means, again, short series, just one time. Okay. So we don't know much about it. I think a lot of people are kind of hoping they'll do some flashbacks, flash, like flash forwards, like kind of use both of those actors in that role, possibly. Who knows? But either way, you've got two awesome actors who really kill that role. The other thing that I heard that um, I'm going to be excited about, because they're kind of now taking a page out of MCU, is especially the the Mandalorian-centric shows or characters, you know, Din Djarin, Bo-Katan, Boba Fett, they're going to have these sort of separate series or yeah. s- story arcs, that they're, and Ahsoka, yeah. that they're going to they're bring back into one giant movie. Yeah, And I'm not going to talk about the other series because uh, it, we, we've talked about it inside but it's it's it was kind of spo- it was teased at the end of yes the season of Mandalorian and because it was a big reveal I think we can kind of leave that yeah. if you haven't seen it yet go watch it if you have you get why we're all excited either way I'm very excited at where Star Wars is now and you know what's amazing about it one show has pulled this off the Mandalorian yeah. has, has been what has opened up all of these new opportunities oh which is awesome yeah, yeah. So leave a review for this podcast if you haven't. It's what makes everything possible and what makes the podcast overlords show this to new people. So if you like what you hear, go ahead and leave us a good review. Special thanks to FAO Schwartz for sponsoring this podcast. You can find some of their latest toys at Target and Target.com for the upcoming Valentine's Day season. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.